We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 141. Today we've got some news. We're going to play five TV questions and then talk about Bunheads, Teen Wolf, the series premiere of The Newsroom, and then do a little Fox reality check. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 141. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Megan from tvismypacifier.com. Keith McDuffie from clicklack.com. Thank you uh, both for joining me this week. No problem. Thank you. And uh, first up, since uh, Keith is the first time on the podcast, ask you the the normal first-timer questions, which are, uh, what shows are, uh, you know, back in the day got you interested in, uh, in television and, and subsequently, uh, what is it, how'd you get into blogging about TV? Man, I don't remember what shows actually got for back when I started. <laughs> um, uh, but I did start, uh, at AOL's TV squad back in, I think it was 2005. Um, and that's right around when it uh, when they founded it. Um, I was writing for a couple other sites over there uh, when it was Weblogs Inc. It was before AOL took over. Um, writing for like a digital photography blog, Cinematical, which was for movies, and believe it or not, another one called Blogging Baby. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you can't find them anymore because they've kind of been wiped off the planet, which is a shame. But <clears throat> we won't get into that. Yeah, it's kind of sad that they haven't been able to migrate that content or at least leave it to be found in some way. Yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't redirect any uh, links. I, I used to have in my portfolio. Uh, I, I mean, I, maybe I can find them in archive.org or something like that. <laughs> um, and I think I can, but it's not even worth it at this point. Um, people won't know who they are. <laughs> like, it doesn't even – it's worthless to my profile. Uh, but uh, they wanted to have a team head up a TV blog. Uh, I went over there. Um, Bob Sassoni, he he used to write for Click Clack. Uh, he actually he still does once in a while. He wrote there for many years. Um, and uh, I don't remember what was on TV in 2005, to be honest. Uh, was it Lost? Was Lost a big thing then? I know it was really on. But well, even, uh, even before, like, not necessarily what got you interested in, like, writing about TV and stuff like that, but what got you interested as, like, a TV fan? Like, what shows really... We're like, I, this is the type of entertainment I like. You know, I really like this type of. Uh... Well, I, did, I mean, the thing I like writing the most, uh, I really find it hard to write about like comedies, like to write a review about a comedy. I, I applaud anyone who's able to actually do a good job of doing that. Um, Here's I, the five I, things that were funny. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much the consistency of my, my, comedy, my comedy show writing is here's some quotes. You know, these are the funniest things. But uh, I like the shows that you got to think. Like Lost was always a thing I loved to write about, and I was really passionate about. Like, uh, along with you know millions of other people, like, what's going on on this show? And I like Battlestar Galactica. That was my big thing over there too. I I wrote about Battlestar Galactica over a TV squad, um, and I just loved to be able to do that, and then you know engage the commenters. I mean, at least the good ones, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, have people to discuss it, and uh, you know. You, you don't get that kind of thing when you go. I mean, sometimes you get it when you go to the office or you go talk to your friends. You have this little group. But when you get the Internet involved, especially when you had a big site like Weblogs Inc. and AOL involved, you get tons of – I mean, there's hundreds of people who come in there to have 
you know, to share their thoughts too. So it was really cool. All right. We'll, uh, we'll head on to the uh, next segment, a few little news items. Uh, the first, which is, I thought was hilarious was uh, CBS's uh, <laughs> fake press release about uh, a show called Dancing on the Stars, which was after the, the, the sort of lawsuit got thrown out or whatever about ABC's Glass House. Uh, that that press release was, I mean, somebody that's <laughs> somebody has a good sense of humor. I I found it very funny. Uh, it was awesome. On the other hand, I also. Based on sort of their point of view from that thing, you could basically say that if CBS could sue ABC for a show like Glass House, that pretty much MTV could sue everybody, since basically everything is a slight tweak of real world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I think overall the thing was just kind of dumb, but that press release was hilarious. Yeah, I found it. I thought it was funny too, and some people. Uh... Yeah, especially in our team, we thought it was kind of childish of them, and they were like, "I don't, I don't think it's funny." I think they were kind of, I, I don't know. It's the kind of thing you don't really see very often from a network to actually push something like that out. I almost thought, I almost thought some intern actually like hacked in there and did it just to be funny, and, and no one, no executives caught wind of it. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was hilarious. Honestly, I didn't think CBS had a sense of humor, so I was really impressed when it came out. So. <laughs> Even if it was slightly childish, I liked it. Yeah, especially with you know stuff like uh, it'll be done at at this uh, graveyard <laughs> where, these, <laughs> where these stars are out, you know, are are buried. And if that falls through, we've got a backup plan for uh, this one over here. And yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, on the, on another note from CBS, uh, CBS uh, looks to be in talks to bring back Unforgettable, but possibly as a summer series to bring it back as a like a 13 episode series for next summer do we have to i mean it was uh, <laughs> it, you know it was it was okay to me it's the funny show in that it got canceled even though like 12 million people were watching it it just was the wrong 12 million people you know and like very few of them were in the <laughs> 18 to 49 year old category <laughs> is uh, it the wrong network for it uh, well, it's a maybe. You know, it's, I don't know. Well, it's a procedural. I mean, it pretty much fits right on their the type of style of stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems so, it's so funny that every year a show that gets canceled on CBS that has two to three times more people, you know, overall people watching it than other shows that get picked up on other networks, you know. <laughs> What demographic were they shooting for? Well, well, they're you know they're always shooting you know everybody's always shooting for eighteen to forty nine, but for whatever reason, even a show that you would think something closer to like Unforgettable would fall into closer to that category than uh, than some of the other procedurals that they have. Um, apparently, it just it didn't have enough. There's always that show on CBS where it does pretty well overall. But they always think, you know, with something else that they have in their, you know, coming up uh, in their development slate is there's likely that it's going to do at least that well in the demographic anyways yeah. with the potential to do better. So it ends up getting canceled. But anytime you see a show with 10 plus million viewers, you know, overall <laughs> get canceled in this day and age, it seems really strange. So it seems to me like a, I think it's a good idea in that 
I would like to see more scripted shows, uh, you know, scripted summer stuff on the networks that's not necessarily, you know, like Saving Hope or, <laughs> you know, or things that are these low, lower cost, you know, dual production things uh, necessarily that, uh, like Ricky Blue or Saving Hope oh. and stuff like that. <laughs> You're always hating on Ricky. <laughs> well, I don't mind that it's on. I'd, I'd even, I'd even take more of that type of just more options on the networks for scripted fare mm-hmm. over the summer. So you know, I'd be in favor of them trying something like Unforgettable just to see if, if it worked for them, then maybe they might do more. You know, they might find other types of things to do. You know, ten to thirteen episodes of of stuff over the summer. Well, it beats re- reruns and the glass house. So, you know, I would watch Unforgettable over the glass house. Uh, and then the last thing on the news is uh, MTV has set a premiere date for the U.S. version of The Inbetweeners for Monday, August 20th. And the British version is very good. And my hope is that this version doesn't become like skins did and that there's something <laughs> off in the translation be, of bringing a hit british show over to mtv i never caught i never I caught know, i think mtv has done pretty well recently with other shows so i have high hopes keith you were saying you haven't seen the british version no how about uh, how about you megan i have seen it yes and i think it's hilarious but i'm i'm a little bit skeptical but still high hopes it's mtv and They've done some pretty good things recently, so. Well, you know, <clears throat> there was another show, the the It Crowd, the IT Crowd, that they were trying to. Um, it's actually it was slated. It was like a didn't get pilot pickup, but I read the script for it. It's another one of those British to U.S. translations, and man, was that script bad. <laughs> uh, the the translation sometimes it just doesn't work. So it is one of those things you fear that they're just not going to be able to get it right. Yeah, or yeah, or that there's just something about. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because the It Crowd is hilarious. That's that show is definitely worth watching. I you know I remember hearing about <laughs> that, and uh, and and was sort of scared because you know even like The Office didn't translate really in its initial version. It sort of developed into its own thing. Uh, I think sometimes instead of just taking the idea and doing a show here, they try and do the same show, like they did with Coupling, where it was <laughs> where it was almost the exactly word for word you know like the same exact thing and for whatever reason the with american actors doing it it just didn't come off the same it just it it didn't it just didn't work so i don't know what what it is in the translation of things but that's also the reason why i love uh, episodes on showtime because that is just a hilarious sort of behind the scenes of bringing a show over and what happens to it that makes it uh, not what it originally was so how long has the Inbetweeners been going? Uh, the Inbetweeners did like four, maybe five seasons, but they're like six, eight episodes a season or something like that. And uh, Yeah, which is typical for a lot of UK versions. Yeah, it, I've seen the first three seasons of it. It's very good. It's, I, it's sort of like, uh, it's kind of like Skins except like it's totally comedy. You know, sort yeah. of a similar, uh, you know, group of kids in the, in school, and uh, but they're the in betweeners because they're they're not like the they're not like the geeks or whatever, and they're not like the jocks. They're somewhere in between. Uh, so, and it's them trying to figure out 
<laughs> who they are and how where they belong. Uh, <laughs> but the yeah, the British version is very funny. Definitely worth that's definitely worth checking out as well. So uh, we'll move on to the uh, next uh, segment of the podcast. Uh, last week we did a listener Q and A, and uh, this week decided to do since we had a few less shows to talk about in the primetime segment we decided to do sort of like a five uh, tv question sort of roundtable and then we also got one uh, listener question uh, sent in that we can answer as well and the first question on the list is what shows from this past tv season uh, if anything have uh, stacked up on your dvr how about you keith you know there's one show that i can't say it's bad but um it just seems to always just stack up on my DVR until it's just the bursting point. It's burn notice, and it's and it's back, and I'm st- I just can't I can't find myself trying to find it find a time to to put it in there, you know, to watch it. And it's I can't say it's a bad show. It's just one of those shows that just keeps I don't want to delete off my DVR yet. Um, another one is the Glades, and that's another one that I I mean we're catching up on, and it and it's the new season has started, and we're actually kind of like watching both at the same time. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I feel like, wow, this new season kind of isn't as good as I remember it being last season. And I'm almost figuring out maybe we should just drop it. Um, and we just finished up um, watching last season of of Being Human. I was sitting around. For, we had like five or six episodes sitting on the DVR. And, um, and uh, we were told that we'd be rewarded if we had watched the last five episodes that it, it just kicked up quite a few notches and they were right. It, it was really, uh, it really ended off really good. We kept wanting to watch the next one and then the next one. And we just killed through all six episodes really quickly. So it really ended off on a really strong. So, uh, that's about all we have on the DR. How about you, Megan? Um, I still have the last three episodes of once upon a time because they're just sitting there and I haven't gotten, to them. I love the show. It's, and I keep looking and thinking I want to watch that, but I have so many other shows that I need to watch that to write about and get ready for the new seasons for the summer that it was just they're sitting there. And I finally erased the secret circle because even though I loved it, I was like, what's the point? Because they're not going to get to watch it anymore. <laughs> and it's just taking up valuable space on my DVR. And the Glades, I gave up and I erased it all. I just it comes down to a, like a. a I have to roll a die and be like, do I need to keep this or do I not need to keep this? Because I'm running out of space and it's like, you know, red or blue, red or blue, what do I choose? So I just, I have a few shows and then fairly legal. I have about uh, six episodes left, but it's different for us in Canada because we don't get them as quickly. We don't get them the same day as you guys get them. We get them like two weeks behind. So yeah, so I'm fairly behind on a couple things. Yeah, for me, the uh, the stuff that's that got stacked up on, towards the end of the season were House and Bones. Uh, I've I've got like the last probably five or six episodes of each. I I, did, I started recording them, and then there was just so much other stuff towards the end of the season that even though, and it's sort of like House is coming to an end. I can I'll catch up with those, you know next weekend so that I, <laughs> there's no rush you know well well it was it was like i'll catch up with those three episodes so i can watch the last couple you know uh and and then then i had like you know four or five of them and then pretty and there was just other stuff to watch and uh they're still sitting there and you know i'll probably you would think but they're still sitting there it's like a month later and i st- there's still like other stuff with new summer shows and 
and uh, screeners for next fall stuff, you know, all these things are taking precedent over watching something that came to an end. The screeners always throw off my whole TV schedule. (laughs) Something comes in. Well, it was like, uh, yeah, like last night it was uh, all of a sudden I noticed that uh, Covert Affairs was available to watch. And I went, oh, I'll watch that instead of doing whatever it was I was going to do. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Okay, so speaking of... uh, Summer TV. How how do you how will you spend your summer uh, TV wise? Uh, are you uh, will you be watching uh, many of uh, summer shows, uh, catching up on you know some of these things that got stuck on our DVDs, or catching up on even older shows or watching other things uh, you know uh, series that you sort of on that list of uh, shows that uh, I want to catch up on, you know via DVD or Netflix or something. How about you, Megan? Do I have to choose um, all of the above? <laughs> you can do all of the above, but is there one thing that ha- tends um, to happen more? Or? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge addict. So really, at the moment, I'm watching tons of summer TV and occasionally going through my DVR that's not summer TV. And then I installed Netflix, which was a huge mistake because now I'm addicted. And I started, <laughs> I started watching Reaper because I love that show. And now I'm, I find it's like 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm watching Reaper all by myself again. <laughs> and my husband <laughs> wakes up and says, what are you doing? And I'm watching Reaper. So, yeah, it's going to be a summer full of Netflix and TV and yeah, and my DVR. I have no life, really, honestly. How about you, Keith? You know, we do this feature on ClickLag, like uh, we call them Virgin Diaries or, or Rewatch, and we try to watch pick up a show that you know we always wanted to watch and we'll actually review it on the site um and uh one is um that i've been wanting to watch is arrested development and uh i'm ashamed to say that i'd never caught that that train um and i have all the series on dvd to watch and actually it's on netflix at least season one i noticed was so that's even better um so i'm catching up on that uh, and uh i also I was a big Damages fan, and when they moved to DirecTV, well, that didn't help me at all. And um, I acquired the uh, let's just say I acquired the last season, and I'm <laughs> and I'm and I'm catching up on that. And actually, that's going to be my kind of my my Virgin Diary. I'm going to write up um, what last season was like before the next season starts, which actually starts very soon. It starts next month. Um, again on DirecTV. So far, it's actually the same quality that it, that it was on when it was on. Uh, I think it was on FX, right? Um, same thing. Uh, still really good. Um, and uh, my favorite show of all time, or at least for the time being, is Breaking Bad, and that comes back this summer. And I'm really, I'm really excited about that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that coming back next month too. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm watching a bunch of summer stuff, pretty much right now. Uh, and as as I said in the previous question, I'm not really catching up on things from the past season as of yet. Uh, but there are like a couple of shows like like Breaking Bad is out on Netflix. And I've been thinking of, uh, you know, I think I dropped off somewhere in season one. And uh, and just it's one of those that I was like, you, you hear that it got really good or whatever. And it's like, I should start watching that again. But then all of a sudden you're behind another season and another season. And uh, but I was thinking of possibly trying to catch up on uh, a lot of it before the new season starts or or at least recording the new season when it plays 
so that I'd have access to those as I caught after I finished catching up with the because there's a long break between these eight episodes and the final eight episodes, so there's a, like a lot of time to catch up if I record those other ones. But yeah, there's a there's a couple of shows on. Uh, I'm trying to think that I was just looking at it the other day. There's another there's another show I was sk- clicking through uh, Netflix and I was like, oh, put that on my list of uh, of stuff to catch up on. But so far, I've been watching mostly summer stuff and haven't been catching up with a lot of the older stuff. Uh, even though that that list continues to get longer, every either with the shows that are on it that are still playing gets longer, or you come across another show that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Arrested Development would actually be. I've seen most of it. I I think there's a a lot towards the end of like season one and the and uh, and the middle like middle of season two that I haven't really seen. Uh, it was one of those I watched in the beginning, and then I sort of watched the end of season two, and when it came back for season three. Uh, so that that's one that I've thought about also going back and you know just starting from the beginning and and uh, watching through. And with the comedies, at you know twenty twenty two minutes a clip, you can, you can blaze yeah. through a bunch of those in a hurry. And it's coming back, and um, yeah, and that's I the think- other. The news is that uh, it's coming back all in one big fell swoop, right? One big season. Yeah, they're just going to drop all ten episodes on one day or whatever. Yeah, so I was hoping to kind of catch up before that happens. Okay, so uh, are are both of you going to Comic-Con? Yeah. I'm still unsure. I have my pass. I'm just a manager of, like, am I going to be able to book a plane ticket? I haven't decided yet. We shall see. It'll be a last-minute decision. Are you going, Jay? Yeah, I'm going. I have plane tickets, hotel, and press pass. Everything's set. And it's been so for about two or three months now. Or whenever the yeah, hotel, this year. <laughs> whenever the hotel well, thing was, like, uh, like as soon as, as soon as I had the hotel confirmation, I bought my plane ticket. Did you get in on the lottery? Yeah, on the hotel lottery. Yeah, we did that this year. I mean, every past few years, we went, we've been staying way out, like almost into Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you end up this, this year? Uh, we're at the Hilton gas, gas, uh, gas light. Oh, so see, that's, 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 was, that's my number one choice every year, either that or the Omni because they're just right there across the street. Yeah. We're pretty excited about it. We're, 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 uh, well, keep this on the down though, but we're cramming it pretty tight in that room. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so the so the price didn't hurt us too bad. But it's funny, you know, you, with the hotel I did pick, I, it's always my backup, the one that's way out in the end of the T line, the the trolley line. Uh, they let you uh, back out uh, up to twenty four hours before you check in. So it's kind of one of those you can keep in your back pocket <laughs> just in case. All right. So on that note, so uh, of what's been announced so far. Uh, what shows, panels, you know, press rooms, or whatever are you uh, most looking forward to at Comic Con? How about uh, Keith? Well, definitely Breaking Bad was announced. Um, I don't know what they're doing yet. I mean, the thing is, uh, I keep thinking that it's you know, oh man, I'm late to the game about figuring out press rooms, and then you ask, and they say you're too early. We don't know yet, and um, I know that Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, I know that <laughs> it, the day of you find out some of these things. Uh, Breaking Bad is going to be there. But it might just be a panel. No, they and, announced press know, room for Breaking Bad today. They did. Yeah. I, I I missed that. Um, 
I'm kind of behind on on. I mean, the deluge of emails you get is just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but that's one I'd like to get in on um, for the press room. And AMC for some reason is really tough for me to talk to. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like last year it was so hard to get in touch with someone for Walking Dead. We got, I think it was like a uh, the last moment we got in that room. Um, but uh, it's really tough, you know. If you want to try to do panels and then press rooms, it's like near impossible. I mean, unless you have someone else doing it, um, someone doing a panel and someone doing the press room, um, it's it's really hard to do both, um, or impossible unless you get like a special access into that panel. It's it's almost it's impossible. Diffi- yeah, it's almost difficult to do uh, all the press rooms that you want to do. Is all of a sudden you'll find out that like three press rooms of show, you know, three shows that you're interested in, their press rooms all overlap in some way. Yeah. Or they're on the other side of the, you know, (laughs) that Hilton Bayfront. The Hilton Bayfront. Yeah. There's, uh, Uh, I like, uh, the other ones. I mean, sci-fi, I don't, they announced theirs yet. I don't, I haven't seen anything from sci-fi yet. They'll, they'll, I mean, they'll be shocking if they had nothing, but I, I like warehouse 13. I I like that group of people. Um, I know community is going to be there again. That's always a, underpopulated press room and it's over it usually it's over the hilton bayfront and it's i like those press rooms a lot you get the windows you can kind of step outside get some fresh air <laughs> uh, they even they even leave you like nice waters and snacks in there sometimes um and being human too that's another one i like i like uh especially after last season i had a lot of stuff that i'd like to talk to them about I'm looking forward to that one how about you megan um, well, my favorite press room last year was Team Wolf. So I'm really hoping that if I go, I'll get to do that one again. And I like the USA press rooms because they all seem to like cycle through the same room like they did last year. I get sad, though, because there's so many panels that I want to see. And there's only one of me there for the site. So I kind of feel like I have to be like six people. And it, it's like a panic. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think this year I'll probably just do press rooms and as many as I can get to. And I won't do anything at the Hilton because, seriously, you have to be an Olympic Olympic athlete to get from, like, through the crowds at Comic-Con over to the other building. And, yeah, so I'm excited about the press rooms pretty much. And I, I'll try to squeeze in the True Blood panel if I can get there. And that's about it. Yeah, that, that reminds me, it was a couple years ago, or maybe three years ago now, I think it was the first year I went to Comic-Con and I, all I had was a little, like the mini flip camera and it didn't even, it never, never dawned on me that it only records an hour of video. Like for whatever reason it didn't. And so I was over at Hilton Bayfront for the community press room and I recorded all of those. And then I had to get from there all the way over to not just the convention center, but the other side of the convention center, you know, across the, <laughs> on the other side of the pavilion to the next thing I was going to. And I had plenty of, I had, you know, I had an, enough time really to, to walk that pretty decently. Uh, but I was walking through the crowd of all the people with my laptop open in my hands with the, with the flip cam plugged into it, downloading the videos <laughs> so that I would have space to record <laughs> the next thing when I got to it. Uh, and just, well, that was you. Just, yeah, trying to keep from, you know, bumping into people while I was walking with my laptop open, uh, downloading videos. But I think this year, 
I'm I'm interested in a, you know a couple of the uh, uh, getting a press room access to a couple of the new shows like uh, the following. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, uh, even though that show doesn't premiere for a while, that just uh, that show looks really good. It's also an answer to the next question on our list. Um, and then also like uh, uh, Cult, you know the the CW show, which is also a mid season show. But the premise of that just is really intriguing to me. That I think it'd be interesting to talk to the people that are uh, you know putting that show together. And then you know the potential of of getting into uh, the fringe press room for their, you know, their last, uh, their last time there. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for that one. Uh, but I think those are, those are sort of the things on the, on the top of the list uh, for me so far of, of what's been announced. And then, and then stuff like the, the, the walking dead, because their press room was run really well last year. So I'm hoping, <laughs> to get back into that one again this year and that it's run the same way because it was, uh, that you can't say that for, uh, all of them. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to Comic-Con again this year. And a few of those, uh, the, the thing is always, uh, I tried last year was to, was to try if I was going to a panel was any like 10 AM panels. Uh, you know, you go to a panel at the beginning of the day, because there's usually not anything press room wise until after the first panels of the day, uh, for the most part. And so I tried to do a few panels at the beginning of the day, but the lines were ridiculous last year. And so I didn't do any panels. I did all press rooms last year. I never, the only panel I ended up in was Sons of Anarchy on Sunday. But that was because, you know, on Sunday at the end of the day, you could just walk right into Hall H pretty much and, uh, where they were having it. So that, uh, that worked out pretty well. But uh, next week on the podcast, uh, we'll be doing a full, hopefully they'll have most of the stuff uh, announced by then. And we'll be doing like a full look at what shows are going to be at Comic-Con and and uh, maybe a few uh, tips for any first-timers going. Or And and, and we'll, we'll be talking more about that stuff uh, n- on next week's, so on episode 142. Uh, the next question uh, is... Uh, which sort of I alluded to was what 2012 uh, TV shows are you most looking forward to? What fall shows of the new shows that you've seen uh, are you most looking forward to? And we'll start with uh, Megan this time. Oh, geez. Um, well, I, I'm not running the run of the mill choices this year. Like I really like the Mindy project on Fox and probably because I'm female and I find her absolutely hilarious. Um, I like the one with, I think it's go on on NBC because I thought that it was really funny. Overall, there's, there's a lot of good choices this season, except for I found I was really disappointed with ABC's offerings. And I think it's the mistresses. Is that a, I think that's the right title is I'm not looking forward to that. I don't think I'll be watching that at all. But besides that, I mean, I'm looking forward to surprisingly most of NBC's stuff. So, yeah, yeah, NBC actually had some, uh, although a little bit more on the, that'll be the next question about mid-season stuff, but uh, uh, how about you, uh, Keith? What fall shows are you, new fall shows? Have you seen everything? Not, well, we have a lot of stuff, but I haven't checked out everything yet. Um, the ones I liked the most that I did check out were Arrow. Um, CW's Arrow was much better than I than I thought it was going to be. Um 
sounds a little hokey when you look at the premise. You're thinking that, I mean, Green Arrow up front is, you know, you think about what his powers are when he doesn't have any. And, I mean, neither does Batman. So, I don't know, maybe it's something like that. But actually, it was much better than I thought. Um, really strong pilot. <clears throat> and uh, I, I have high hopes that it's going to continue on. It's got a, it's got a cool mystery of sorts, kind of like revenge, um, that could pull it off to, uh, having a good first season at least. Um, and some people, uh, that I've talked to don't like 666 Park Ave. And I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Um, I thought that had some promise, but, uh, it takes I mean, some of it's a little, maybe a little over the top creepy for some people, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, not like, not like American Horror Story, but uh, <laughs> it's not over over the top. It's just over the top. <laughs> no, even though uh, that's another show I really like. Um, <laughs> um, looking uh, then there's the shows that return. Um, looking forward to Revenge coming back. Community um, eventually when uh, I'm not sure when Supernatural starts up again. But um, uh, honestly, this past season of Supernatural wasn't the greatest and. Now that Sarah Gamble isn't a head run- the head runner over there anymore, I'm kind of very uh, well. I'm very curious to see how the next season pans out. Um, hopefully, it'll be better than last season. Yeah, but that's th- those are the top ones for me from what I watched. Yeah, for me on the uh, the new the new fall stuff, I've seen I've seen all the fall shows except for the CBS offerings. I haven't seen anything from CBS, so uh, there could be shows that would make my top list <laughs> if I had seen them but uh, like elementary or stuff like that but I haven't seen uh, any of those um, I I did like uh, Go On that Megan mentioned uh, and I didn't like Matt um, gosh why am I blanking on his name uh, Matthew Perry yeah that's it Matthew Perry I didn't like his last show the Mr. Sunshine uh, no. but I really like this even though the the premise is weird of of a, a guy trying to come back from losing <laughs> losing his wife uh, is a, sort of a, a sad note to start your comedy from. But I thought <laughs> I thought the pilot was great, and the whole March sadness bit was hilarious. That was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> uh, it it was a it was it was a good spin. I I thought he fit in into it very well and. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, more of that one. Uh, on on the comedies overall that I've seen, there's not a lot to really uh, that I was that I'm looking forward to. On on the drama side of things, I'm looking forward to see more of Last Resort and uh, and and also Six 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 Park Avenue. And then, but I think for whatever reason, I think Nashville is my favorite ABC show of the of the new ones, <laughs> at, at least from the pilot. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see uh, where that one go- goes, or it could just be that I really like Connie Britton. Uh, it's one of the two. Um, we'll have to see where the show goes to see what where it works out. But uh, th- those ones, uh, and then Arrow, Arrow as well. I really liked Arrow. I thought it actually could have used like a two-hour introduction instead of the hour. Or the forty-two minutes, you know, it it could have used like an eighty-minute intro. I think there's a few things in the pilot that that happen that I make me wonder a little bit about things, but 
as we're not allowed to review things as of now, I'll just say, I'll just say my my first opinion, you know, my first thought on it was there needed to be a little more in this to to explain some of the things. But overall, the basic premise of it, I I liked, and I liked the cast. Uh, I think it worked really well. I'm trying to think of what else uh, what else is out there from the fall. I think those are the main. Uh, the main ones, all well, uh, Revolution. I really like the pilot of Revolution. It has a great setup, and I like uh, you know some of the people in it. But you also have that thing in the back of your head: is it going to be the event <laughs> or something yeah. else that, or <laughs> or flash forward yeah, my- or something that has a very intriguing setup, but then just peters out very quickly. Yeah, as my wife That's said, my it speaks of J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, but I, I liked. Uh, I liked what we saw of it, and I'm definitely interested in seeing more. Um, but uh, the next question on the list is actually uh, about mid-season shows, uh, the stuff that's going to be premiering, you know, uh, not till January or later of, of some of those things. And I think some of the, the shows that I'm most interested in overall don't appear until there, like the following on Fox uh, and uh, Colt on the on the CW. Uh, there's, there's like a handful of shows. I haven't seen, uh, like I said, I haven't seen any of the CBS stuff, but I haven't seen a lot of the ABC, uh, mid season stuff. I've seen their mid or their mid or late fall comedies, but I haven't seen like mistresses and other things that are set to, to, to premiere later. But those are the ones I'm looking forward to. I think the following has a great pilot. Like it just draws you right in. And but then you're I'm interested to see how they're going to go about it on a week to week basis. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I thought that the pilot was great, but it's it, it has one of those things of uh, it, it's too much of an introduction. Um, it doesn't really. There's no way that they can make the second episode the same. It's just it's very much an introduction. Um, they don't really get into. Um, basically would be his next case, right? It's just uh, introduction, introducing uh, Kevin Bacon's character <clears throat> into back into the world that he came from. And then that's it. It ends. And this is what the show is going to be about, about, well, you know, I don't know if we want to get into the details of it, but uh, um, I think you know what I mean. And it's, it's the same thing with a lot of shows. It's really, it's really hard to, uh, to judge a show with one episode. Um, and know that if it's going to be a success or not. Last season, I thought Awake was like my favorite, one of my favorites. And, you know, then it comes out and it just bombs. Um, not going to get it renewed. Yeah, that one was sad to me just because it didn't even get sampled. Like the first, the premiere episode didn't do anything. Like nobody even checked it out. You know, even with all the positive buzz about the show, nobody tuned in to even see what it what it was you know uh, that was that was the i i thought that was the most disappointing about awake was just that nobody even tuned in and then it you know the ratings fell off from there so yeah it's hard to it's hard to know there's certain shows that you know is waiting till mid-season a good idea or a bad idea you know it's, well, you know you know I think, <laughs> I think the following has two things going for it that's going to have people tune in as kevin bacon every, i mean Everyone knows who Kevin Bacon is. Um, so, and it has Kevin Williamson heading it. So, it has those two things going for it. 
Um, yes. If it can't, if it can't, if it can't bank on those two things, then yeah. So the, yeah, the, <laughs> the story is going to progress <laughs> at at a breakneck pace. You can pretty much count on uh, with Kevin Williamson behind it, and then uh, and then you have you know Kevin Bacon, and then it. I think it. I think it should do well in sort of trying to recapture like twenty four a little bit in that starting in January and playing through you know through to the end of the season without any any big breaks in the you know in in the schedule so i i think that that could be good but uh i i find it interesting that although there's a few more shows that are coming this fall that i'm really interested in as compared to last season but like last season almost like 75 percent of the shows that i thought were like really good you know or better you know or like were the the above average the ones that i really wanted to see more of they were all mid-season shows like last season and this year it's probably like 50-50 that of of the shows that I'm most interested in are are mid-season uh which is when you've when you've seen it now <laughs> you've seen it in June and you're not going to be able to get a second episode until mid-January next year it's a really long time it's the curse of the TV review of get screeners. Yeah. And, and people listening to it are going, shut up! <laughs> yeah. Complaining about seeing stuff early. They get angry. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of listeners, uh, Patty wrote in and asked, how much of the Summer Olympics, some Summer Olympics will you watch? Uh, and do you have a favorite sports? Uh, of of the Olympic sports, and uh, you know, will you be DVRing any of it and watching it later so you could fast forward through uh, stuff, or do you like to watch it live? How about you, Keith? Um, you know, I usually I I don't care for watching um sport any sporting event recorded. I don't know. I get more excited watching it live. The fact that it's actually possible to do that this year. Makes me think that there's a good chance that I'll I'll turn it on and watch it. Um, I I don't I can't really say I have a favorite. I just I'll I'll throw anything on. Um, but I do like the more um, what I would consider like Olympic classics more than say like you know an organized sport like baseball or whatever that they might throw in there. Um, like I, or soccer or something. I, I I like the running events, swimming that sort of thing. That's the kind of thing I'd rather see, but uh, yeah, there's a good chance I'd tune into it, but it, but probably only live. How about you, Megan? Um, yeah, we'll have the Olympics on a lot. My first of all, my daughter is like an avid sports fan of anything. It doesn't matter what they're doing; she wants to watch it. But for the most part, probably swimming, gymnastics, um, the equestrian, and yeah, anything but baseball. Really, um, hate baseball. But if they I'll probably watch it live for the most part and maybe DVR things that come on too late for um, my daughter to watch during the day. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm fine if they want to do like NBC primetime package, you know, of stuff. Uh, but there's no reason in this day and age why every other NBC affiliated channel shouldn't be running Olympics coverage throughout the day uh, or night or whenever things are happening. Uh, so that if you wanted to watch things live, you can. And uh, so I'm, I'm not a big fan of watching sporting events when I know somebody's already won. Like it's different watching, you know, obviously like a scripted show or something. It's 
you know, it's already been done. There's an outcome, but when it's a sporting event for whatever, I, I can't really get up for watching something when I know some team has won already or some person has won a medal already. Uh, it, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really interest me in watching, uh, you know, maybe going back and watching, you know, replays or highlights of stuff where you're not just wading through all, all of everything. Uh, but I think of the summer stuff. I'm I'm interested in some of the, you know, like the uh, the shorter races, you know, or uh, the uh, or you know some of the like the the multi events where they're you know they're doing uh, the guys are competing in you know like ten different things or. Uh, and and then the swimming. I find the the swimming just the speed of which a lot of those races take place. Uh, I find those compelling to watch uh, because you you really are, especially if you're you know if you have any type of reading interest in in somebody uh, when you're just sitting there watching it. You you really are. It really is edge of your seat type of uh, type of stuff because it's not super quick, but it's long enough that you're like. Is is that person gonna kick in and and on that last lap and and take it over or uh, that I think swimming is probably the top one that I'm interested in in the uh, in the summer Olympic stuff. Uh, but yeah, I won't be DVRing anything and uh, and I won't be watching a lot of the any of the packaged uh, coverage or things that aren't necessarily live. But yeah, I'm interested in seeing live events. So that's the uh, that's our that's our answer to the Summer Olympics questions, Patty. Thanks for sending in the question, <laughs> and uh, we'll move on to our prime time segment uh, for uh, a few shows that aired from Monday, June eighteenth through Sunday, June twenty fourth. And the first show on our list is Bunhead, season one, episode two for for Fanny and uh, Megan. So, what did you think of how episode one ended and? what you got in episode two. I was really sad how episode one ended. I was like, oh no. And, you know, I started watching the show and I was excited because I thought it had like a Gilmore Girls feel. So then at the end of episode one, when, you know, he died, I was like, no, that's not a happy moment. And then at the beginning of episode two, like it took them a long time to say the words that Hubble is dead. Like it, it seemed like, they kind of skirted around the issue for a bit towards the end. But I did like how, in the end, Michelle learned to use the girls to help Fanny come to terms with it. But, I mean, the best you can in a, was it 42 minutes of drama? But I was happy overall. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely an interesting choice because the first episode is very, even though things aren't necessarily working out for her, for Michelle, and she ends up, you know, getting married on, a, <laughs> getting drunk and getting married to, you know, this really nice guy that has, you know, has a thing for her, and then all the stuff with sort of the the quirky mother and also <laughs> of being a dancer, and there was, you know, there was a lot of stuff that made it feel very Gilmore Girls, and but then it takes a very dark twist. Not that there weren't things that like that that happened in Gilmore Girls, but it wasn't necessarily like the first, episode. the first episode. And so it put an interesting twist on it so that definitely in the beginning of this episode, it was uh, it was very melancholy and it was like a little hard to follow along and you're expecting 
you know, the quips and the, the jokes and stuff like that. But coming out of the situation, it was it was a little uh, strange, uh, especially at the beginning. But then there was, you know, funny stuff in there where she's talking to her friend back in Vegas and her friend asks her how she's doing and she <laughs> says, I'm lost. And, and the friend thinks that she's talking about in her life and she's like, no, I have no idea where I am. So they were able to find some funny moments within that. Uh, and I think it, I, but I think it's definitely an interesting choice of where to put the show because it'll take a few episodes before you can, you know, you're never going to put that completely behind but before you can get a little bit lighter in in what you're doing uh so it 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 definitely had a different feeling it still felt sort of like a Gilmore girls there were still the quips and the things happening and the you know people talking fast and <laughs> but it def, it had a completely overall the episode had a completely different feel than like the first 41 minutes of you know the first episode well, I mean, they they still took the the classic Gilmore Girls like learn a lesson during the drama, but I mean, it's gonna be a weird season for the first few episodes at least too, because now we find out that Michelle like somehow in the whole twenty four hours that they were married or forty eight hours, however long it was, he managed to leave her everything. But did he do that before they were even married? I mean, I mean, essentially, she kind of married her stalker, but it's all sweet and it's kind, but you know, he followed her around and everything, which is it was it's totally sweet story but now he's dead and now they have to find some way to make the show like not seem depressing yeah because the show definitely seemed like it was going to be about partially about the sort of this love story of will she grow to love him like he loves her and you know how will this turn her life around and then then the first episode ends with him dying and you're like okay so that's not what the show is about Apparently, the show is about, you know, her and her mother-in-law, you know, and how they go forward after this event is really what the show is. But you didn't know that going in. It was a definite twist. It was, like, I found that for the whole mother-in-law and, like, daughter-in-law relationship, like, if I was if I was his mom, I'd be angry that, you know, he left everything to her. He's, he married her out of Vegas. And, you know, I mean, it's going to be a really difficult relationship do i think that with the way it looks now that the writers are going to pull it off well i'm hopeful like i like this the show so far and i will keep watching so all right so the next show on our list is teen wolf uh season two episode four abomination and uh i think all three of us uh are watching uh are watching teen wolf so uh keith where are you uh at on season two so far yeah, I'm all caught up um, and uh, looking forward to the one that starts in about five minutes. <laughs> um, and uh, this is another one of those shows that um, I was really surprised at, uh, with how good it, it was for, you know, MTV, <laughs> um, where I don't really – I don't normally cons- uh, associate really good shows with. Um, and uh, I was actually sad that I didn't make the uh, – press room last year i i was in i was on the list for it but i had something else going on it was it was really late in the day um yeah but the yeah this last episode um you know we, the, 
there's a lot of speculation you can go on about that uh, the creature, the canima, the abomination, um, about who it is or what it is, and apparently it's going to be revealed tonight if um, if the press release that went out is true. Can, can be trusted. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, do you guys have your own picks on um, on who you think it is or what you think it is, or do you know and I, you don't want to say? I I don't know. The only thing I think is that it's not who they want us to think it is. Uh, yeah, is, I think is, it's too is obvious. Is uh, I'm I'm blanking on her name, but it seems that everything. Lydia. Yeah, it seems everything seems to point to that's who they think it is. Uh, but you think things, she's a red herring? I, well, I, yeah, I think that I don't think it's her because I there seems to be uh, a method somewhat in who's getting taken out like yeah and that she doesn't have any in her normal life doesn't have any association with any of those people or anything or any reason why in this other form she would you know be taking those people out and in that she looked like she was attacking uh you know her you know her friend in the you know a couple episodes ago where uh he was able to get out of the uh, freezer to you know, to get in the way and, and, and save her. But so I'm not sure, I'm not sure who it's going to be or what it, or, or what it is or what's going on there. But I, th- I think that it's not her is, is, <laughs> is the only thing I really think about it so far. Um, I, th- that's a, I mean, I that's don't a really think, good point. I don't think it can be Lydia because it's like, the, it's almost like they, Teen Wolf's been written fairly smart so far. The first season was really good and the season's, I mean, they're doing amazing, but I think it's, it would be too simple for the audience if they're just like, oh, here's Lydia, and you see how she broke a mirror, and then the the lizard creatures are afraid of me, like looking at their own image and stuff. It's, it's just too obvious. There's some talk on the internet that it's Jackson, but I mean, I was talking to a friend today about it because, yes, we talk about Teen Wolf in our spare time, but they were saying that it's not possible that it's Jackson because then Derek would have figured it out when he bit him. I mean, there's so many people that it could possibly be. I mean, all I know is that my favorite character by far is Styles, because not only is he's just, he's hilarious and he's always the hero. I mean, he is the Sam to, to uh, the, like basically the Frodo, right? I mean, he's, he's by far my favorite and I'm hoping that they give, continue to give him bigger roles throughout the season. Yeah, a lot of people have said that Styles is their favorite character, uh, especially this season. Well, I um, tend to always gravitate towards the person that provides the comic relief if if they're good at it, like if if it's not annoying, because uh, there are <laughs> there are characters that have been created to be the comic relief, uh, and then they're but they're just annoying, <laughs> and and so, <laughs> and so this. This character works really well, and he does really well with it, uh, and so that that's how you know he becomes sort of a, a favorite character within the within that. But I I like that they sort of um, they could have just went with you know bringing in uh, more of the 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 family, more of the hunters, uh, and and just gone at this you know wolves against hunters types of thing. But they brought in this extra aspect that are, is sort of dangerous to both sides that I think is an interesting thing going forward for the, for this season of the show. 
as opposed to what they could have just done. And I, I continue to be impressed with the show in, in a similar vein to something like the vampire diaries in, uh, in that there is sort of the teen, you know, draw, you know, comedy or teen drama about it, but everything else around it is so compelling with the stories that they're telling and in the speed and, and the way that they tell the stories is, is just really good. I like the shorter season as well because everything moves around, moves so much faster, and I find that that makes it so that I'm not getting bored. And I do like that. Yeah, like you said about the teen drama. I mean, yeah, there's lots of really cheesy teen dramas on television right now, but at least with this, you have the silly teen romance. But then you get a lot of action, and I think that they do a really great job with the suspense itself. But how creepy is the grandpa? Like. He's just, he's doing an excellent job of scaring me personally. But I mean, it's one of those shows I actually, I do not usually DVR. I will tonight, but I don't usually DVR. I watch live because I actually love it that much. So sad to say. All right. I think we're all, uh, seem to be loving Teen Wolf. And, uh, the last show on our uh, primetime list is uh, HBO's The Newsroom, Season 1, Episode 1, We Just Decided To. And uh, so, Megan, did you get a chance to watch that? No, it's it's sitting on my DVR. <laughs> so, Keith, what did you think of the uh, of the premiere of the new Aaron Sorkin pen drama? Well, um, <clears throat> I, I had seen so many tweets saying that it was, it was bad, by mostly by critics. Um, and then you see a bunch of celebrities say that they loved it. And uh, so I wasn't really planning on even picking it up because I'm not a huge Sorkin fan. Um, so I don't really like jump on anything that he's got going on. But uh, I, I had to give it a try with seeing such a flip-flopping type of, you know, half and half on what people thought of it. It was either really strongly against it or strongly for it. And the thing is, I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I liked it. I mostly liked it um, a lot, actually. I, I mean, there were some parts that I don't like about it, which is mostly that you don't like the um, the main character. There's nothing really likable about him. Um, and I'm not sure if that's really a bad thing. But the other thing that I didn't care for was that um, I'm not sure how the rest of the season can actually play out as well as that episode did. Um, I didn't get screeners for it. I know a lot of people did. I tried, and they said that they ran out of blank DVDs to burn them. <laughs> that was the excuse I got. Like, okay, uh, run down the staples. Uh, but uh, um, I, I heard that um, the first episode is by far the best of the four, and that makes me think, not such a good thing about the rest of this season. Um, if they could have pulled off better ones or just as good, then I'd be really excited about seeing more of it. But um, I mean, you can't you can't really pull off you know a, a BP oil spill every week. Um, so uh, yeah, you can't really pull off even sort of like the ragtag crew that comes together for the first time type of thing either, because now they're sort of together. They're not completely together but you know they've done their first show and so you can't really pull from that aspect that yeah there's a bunch of there's a few things in that episode that made it compelling that'll be hard to duplicate in future episodes because you can't do that again because it's happened 
Uh, and yeah, and it seemed to be that I haven't read a lot of the reviews. Just sort of the uh, the basic idea based on tweets and uh, and then also like headlines of of reviews and things that I saw. Uh, it seemed to me because I, I didn't want to know too much about I wanted to be able to make my own opinion about it before I read other people's opinion and but it seemed to me interesting in that some of the critics that were that didn't like it seemed to be the like the more long-term journal you know journalists like that have worked in journalism of you know at either newspapers or or various big news organizations type of thing and that they didn't like it because it it wasn't like a real portrayal enough or something like that, or it was too, you know, it was too perfect that everything would fall together for this story or, 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 or things of that nature that, uh, that it, it was not an accurate depiction of how things really, really work. And you're just like, but was it compelling drama? (laughs) That's what I'm interested in. I don't, I don't necessarily care if it's totally real. Obviously it's not real. There's well, what no about the West Wing? As, Did they think that that yeah. was accurate? But, like, the, there's no such thing as ACN, but they are trying to insert themselves into our history, you know, of history that we know. And, you know, things like CNN and Fox and other – and CBS and ABC, these are all real things within that – within the world that they've created, even though it's obviously fake because you know that there's this, – this broadcast never took place uh, uh, type of thing. And so I don't know – what exactly it that just seemed to be the the feeling that I got was that they were picking at the the way he displayed journalism, not necessarily whether the story or <laughs> any or the the dialogue or the you know the speed at which things happen or just the episode as a whole was compelling in its own right uh and I found it I found the first episode very compelling. Uh, I am interested in in that whether people seem to not really like it or like it, they all seem to be uh, on board with the first episode is the best of the first four. So that that's not necessarily a good sign when <laughs> when all sides seem to agree whether they liked it or not that this is the best version of of the four that they've seen. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know I don't know I guess I'm I'm not necessarily a huge uh, Sorkin fan necessarily but i guess but really i but i really like sports night and i like you know i like the west wing and i've liked you know uh you know i like the american president the the you know the the movie that preceded the west wing uh, in that sort of genre uh i i like i tend to gravitate towards things that are well written in whether I agree with necessarily everything that's happening or, or people's point of views or stuff like that, I still find, I find like the way Amy Sherman Palladino writes compelling. I find the way that Aaron Sorkin writes, uh, you know, scenes and dialogue and the way things move. Uh, I find it compelling. I find that it, those types of things draw me in to, to shows. Those are the, you know, interesting, really interesting dialogue you know, interaction, interplay, wordplay between characters. That's I over anything else. That's the thing that draws me in most to TV shows. I think so. Uh, from that aspect, I was interested in it, and I very much enjoyed the first episode. It it drew me in from the 
the the very beginning and I was you know you barely really notice that it takes you know that it's 72 minutes long with you know without any commercials it's just straight through 72 minutes long but yeah I'm definitely going to you know continue on with it at least for the the next few episodes unless it really does drop off and becomes <laughs> not so compelling in the in the future episodes yeah, I'll probably wait to hear the reviews from more people of the second one before I commit my time to it. All right, that'll uh, wrap up the primetime segment. Uh, we got a little uh, a reality check. Uh, I don't watch any of these shows, but uh, both of you. <laughs> and usually the reality check segment is Amory usually uh, rambling on about uh, whatever she's watched. So uh, I'll let you guys go at uh, uh, saying... Uh, Whatever you about Hell's Kitchen, uh, Master Chef, and so you think you can dance were these shows that got mentioned. So, I guess uh, Megan, you could start off with Hell's Kitchen, and then you could both say whatever about Master Chef, and then Megan, you could close out with a few thoughts on So You Think You Can Dance. Okay, um, I'm really hating Hell's Kitchen this year uh, because there is no one I actually like, and I I find the the women incredibly annoying. And, like, really, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, redneck. The fact that they're all ready to beat each other up over retarded things that happened in the kitchen. It's, it makes the show actually difficult to watch because they're so bad. Like, I've never seen a group of chefs that is, are so incompetent in my entire life on Hell's Kitchen. It's ridiculous. And yet I still watch because I, I watch hoping that somehow one of them is going to become better. The only shining hope uh, last week was that when Roshni went to the blue team, she actually started to cook like an actual chef instead of like someone at McDonald's. So that was better. But overall, I find the cast this year to be hopeless. And they they couldn't win Master Chef, let alone Hell's Kitchen. So <laughs> not happy. Yeah. Anybody else watch Hell's Kitchen or? Not this season. I used to. Well, don't bother. It's not worth it. <laughs> so, Master Chef, you can start, Keith. It's it's kind of early, uh, but um, so far um, there's some people who'd stick out as being uh, pretty good contenders. They're definitely Christine. She's uh, she's unique in that she's she's blind, um, and she's able to pull off these amazing dishes that. Uh, make you i mean if she was if she had a different personality you'd you'd wonder if she's lying you know about her being <laughs> blind it's just uh it, it's pretty amazing that she, not only can she pull these dishes off but she does it in the in their time limit and it's just it boggles your mind when these guys who have perfectly good eyesight um and they're able bodied to do these dishes and they can barely pull off the time limit and she does it without a and it seems like without a problem and then she keeps wowing the judges um it seems like unless she really just botches something for i don't know what reason stress or lack of sleep or something that she's probably going to be in the top uh in the top three or like really close to the top um and then you got uh ryan who uh he and his friend um i forget his name he has a strange first name but uh these two cohorts in crime and they're just awful. Like uh, last season, they had Christian Collins, who's actually he lives in Massachusetts, and I interviewed him in person. Um, and now he's been—I uh, call him every week, um, or I'm going to try to talk to him 
as often as possible about what he thought about this season and so we've been doing stuff like that over on uh, on our site and um it's funny because he's like man i'm not that bad of a douchebag not like these not like this guy <laughs> uh, i mean this guy will call people you know he calls them nasty names whereas it's not like all in fun it's just he seems like he's just really ready to backstab people and be, be really nasty for the he's playing the game like you know like i think uh like they do in survivor like really dirty um whereas you know they should be just playing the game for being a good cook um but he, he's frustrating to watch uh, especially when you know he gets called out as being having a bad dish and then he he'll blurt right out in the middle of the judging you know i don't think mine's that bad no, no hers is worse and and it almost looks like he's gonna cry it's it's it's, it's pathetic <laughs> But uh, I guess it all makes fun watching, so um, because it's good to have a villain to root against. I, I don't. I, well, yeah, Ryan is a horrible human being, basically. I mean, who purposely gives a live crab to a blind woman? Like, oh, ha ha ha, that's gonna mess her up. But then she turned around and ended up making an amazing dish, and kind of like it was a slap in the face to him for being such a jerk. But still, and then there was the challenge where they were all, um, and he's like, maybe you guys should uh, flash a little nip to, to the to the uh, yeah. the soldiers. And I was like, that is a terrible, terrible thing to say. Like he is just not a very nice person. As far as Christine goes, when they baked the apple pie, I almost wanted to say like test her vision right there because I can see, and there's some days where I can't make an apple pie look that good. And the other people in the room, like their apple pies were terrible. And hers is like all perfection, like something that should have been on the cover of like a magazine. She's impressive, to say the least. If she doesn't win, I'd be surprised, but definitely top three. I also like, um, I think his name's Dave. And yeah. I, I find that he's hit or miss with his dishes. But overall, he generally seems to have a really good like presentation and ideas. He's just a really lousy team leader. So as long as he doesn't win any challenges where he has to be the team leader, I'll continue to like him. But as a team leader, I wanted to reach for my TV and slap him. So, I mean, this season of cooking shows, they're making me incredibly angry at my television overall, but MasterChef is by far better than Hell's Kitchen this year. And any one of the MasterChefs could probably go into Hell's Kitchen today and cook better than most of the people on the show right now. So... I'm impressed with MasterChef. So am I the only one who watches So You Think You Can Dance? Yep. Well, I find this season so far to be, like, good, but a little bit too predictable, as it always is. The only thing I have a complaint with is that the one girl last week, I can't remember her name, but she was nice enough to go back up a second time to redo the routine to help out a fellow person, and she got kicked in the head and had to go to the hospital. And then she came back late to the group round, and she still had to, like, get a group and learn the routine. And she was complaining of, like, a headache and, like, concussion symptoms and everything. And then she ended up going home because her group routine, she was off. I think considering they've cut slack for other contestants in the past, they should have given her, like, at least a dance for your life. Because, I mean, she got kicked in the head. And it wasn't just a, like, oh, I lightly brushed like your your temple or anything it was like a full-blown it could have been a karate kick and she went down hard 
And I mean, she should have had a second chance overall. I also am getting really sick and tired of Tice. If he jumps out of his chair one more time and screams at the stage, I just think that they should mute him. Like, we should have an automatic Tice mute button every time he gets out of his chair. And Mary Murphy screaming. I mean, I love watching the routines. I just hate the judges overall. And I think that they were mean and that that poor girl should have got to have her dance off. But yeah, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, uh, that'll about do it for the episode. Uh, thank you both for uh, for joining me to talk a little TV. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, as I always say, thanks for being had. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, out there, uh, if you would uh, please rate or review us on iTunes or uh, give us the old thumbs up on if you're listening via Stitcher, uh, that is always appreciated. Next week... Uh, Sandy from TVEquals.com will be joining Amory and I to preview Comic-Con 2012. Uh, hopefully by then we'll know more about what's actually going on because while it seems early, like right now in the in June, it seems early to st- sort of be talking about Comic-Con. It's only a couple weeks away because it's a week earlier than normal. Uh, so it almost seems late. Things should be more in, set in stone than than they are, it seems like. Uh, but hopefully by next week, uh, we'll have a better idea and we'll be able to talk more about that, uh, plus a few shows. And uh, as always, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that'll do it. We sit glued to the TV set all night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of.